Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, Be Awesome listeners. You are with me for episode seven of the podcast series. I'm back under the peach tree. Excited to be home. Uh, It's been a crazy couple of months out and about. A couple updates real quick. For those of you that bought t-shirts, thank you very much. You haven't received them yet, and we know, and I've uh, started to send some notes out to folks who are just waiting on some orders, and uh, shirts are something brand new to me. Uh, We're also working through some of the the back-end stuff to make sure that uh, we were doing the right things with donations. We've decided, working with Santa, that we're going to uh, give $3 of every shirt from now until Thanksgiving to the Fairbanks Youth Advocates Group, which helps provide everything from meals to a place to stay clothes for uh, kids 12 to 18 in the Fairbanks area of Alaska. So then there's there's quite a few up there. So um, looking forward to hopefully getting some good donation up to them for just in time for the holidays. Uh, I've been lately having guests on my show and um, it's been very well received. The reason behind the guests is uh, timing a lot is, uh, you know, when people are available and when people come into uh, thoughts of ideas and trying to align everything. And um, today's no exception. I have a guest with me here today. But, you know, just kind of a reminder of a good friend had uh, reminded me to just kind of keep where we're going with all of this. You know, what we're trying to do with Be Awesome is a couple fold you know, remind us about our attitude, you know, making sure that we're doing the best that we can to keep a positive attitude. And the people, some of the folks that I bring in or the discussions that I have are are examples, ideas, um, real life stories of of positive attitude and mindset. Um, The next would be awareness, you know, being aware that everybody has a story and trying to not necessarily understand every story, but just being aware and, and trying to adjust, uh, making sure that we're not getting upset uh, with, with people just because uh, they seem to be having a day, bad day and taking out on them, maybe try to think and say yeah, they must have something going on and, and try to be a little bit more alert and aware of the things going on around you and why people might think about that. Um, and just the, the stories and the ideas and the things behind it should all kind of tie into that. And if I'm not doing that for some reason, uh, let me know, because that's what we want to do. We want to try to get it, uh, this kind of on, ongoing work of practice of uh, making sure that our mind's right and that we're, we're doing the right things and looking out for the for folks around us and, uh, and being aware. And that's, that's kind of what this is all about. And I've kind of had a, a smorgasbord of people uh, and ideas and, and uh, things around this, uh, this podcast and just want to make sure everybody's kind of in the mindset of knowing that. So today, uh, without exception, I have a great guest with me, longtime friend of mine. Uh, his name is Paul Anastasi. Uh, first, welcome, Paul. Thanks for thanks for coming out and hanging out under the peach tree. Well, thanks for having me, Josh. It's it's uh, I'm flattered to be here um, under the tree with you, the first guest under the peach tree, and uh, to actually meet Steve in person. Um, you know, coming up the driveway, Steve and I had a quick agreement. Um, I said, Steve, don't start with me, and everything will go just fine, and, and he's kept his word. Yeah, so far so good, but uh, the, the podcast is early. Uh, a little history with, with Paul. Uh, he and I met in 2004 
Uh, as a matter of fact, I found a bunch of my original proposals I had written for an event that we had at his school in uh, Newton Public Schools. Uh, he's a director of uh, custodial services and uh, operations for uh, Newton Public Schools in the city of Newton, Massachusetts. And uh, I started out as a client. And um, just a guy I didn't know, person that uh, I sold software to. And uh, over the course of time, uh, realized that Paul was really uh, a special uh, pretty special human being. Uh, I can remember one of the first things that happened in 2005, and Paul, correct me if I'm wrong on relations and things, but it was 2005. We have an annual conference for the dude uh, in Myrtle Beach. I think it was a nephew or a cousin had passed. Yeah, one of my aunts, actually. Oh, one of your yeah, aunts, okay. Aunt, yeah. One of your aunts had passed just a couple days prior to you supposed to head down, and you'd called and said, hey, I'm not going to be able to make it down. Um for the services and everything that was happening and and we worked and we changed your flights to wilmington which uh if you've ever been to wilmington north carolina airport uh you can you can visualize this but it's literally one of the few airports uh that has the gate agent the ticket person the baggage handler and the person that moves the jetway all the same person it's literally a one one person show and they have rocking chairs for a reason because you're going to be waiting a while for your bags it's about the size of your property here Josh. <laughs> yeah it is yeah it's amazing they land planes there and whatnot and uh so i drove up and and picked you up and and we had a nice ride back and then um we didn't have we, we being a startup we we we, we still run very lean but we ran really really lean and I wanted to do an appreciation thing for our clients that came down. So instead of taking people out and spending money and doing all that, we had a party at our condo. And uh, my buddy Greg got us a keg, and, and we, we had a, a, a impromptu keg party, which there was a bit left over. And uh, far be it for me, the next day, uh, at the end of the classes and everything, we drove by our condo, and we said, who's that man on deck? And that was, that was Paul, and uh, he was from 2005 on he's always been a guy that's always been there he's been someone that's been uh, a great guide uh, in a lot of situations he's he's uh, he's been been there and done that but one of the most incredible things is his attitude has always struck me as as something awesome uh, and I'm going to butcher this story as well and you, I want you to fill me in because it's been so long but I can remember one of the first presentations you ever gave and, and uh, it was a powerpoint and it was a picture and it had a canoe sticking out of the dumpster and I can just remember um I can just remember going where the hell is this guy going with this and you were telling the story and you had the entire room laughing but it was there was a message behind it which was professionalism which was you know telling people being very descriptive and in instructions and what to do and what not to do um do you remember the canoe in the I, oh absolutely <laughs> uh, for, for those who um don't have the, the the video. We're here. We're here just doing audio. The the picture is a typical schoolyard dumpster. It's a five yard dumpster with the slanted front. Everyone had them in their schoolyards. And uh, I went to one of my elementary schools one day, and to check it was summertime, and I went to check on uh, progress for summer cleaning. And the dumpster is probably six feet from corner to corner, um, if I had a guess at a dimension. And the canoe was seventeen feet, and it was in the dumpster. So that means there was 11 feet of the canoe sticking out of the dumpster, more than half. Um, and it was right next to the custodian door, where the custodians enter the building. And um, 
when I went inside, I, I asked the custodian how his day was going, and everything was great. He said, Every, everything's, it's, we're having a good day. We're, we're moving right along. The schedule's going as, as we planned. And I said, but, you know, what about the canoe? And he said, what canoe? I don't know what you're talking about. And I said, but you parked your car in the lot there and walked by the dumpster that's only six feet, and it has a 17-foot canoe in it. You didn't notice that? He said, no, I didn't. And I said, come on, let's go outside. You know, because he was looking at me like I was crazy. Um, So we go outside, and he says, oh, that canoe. (laughs) He said, the kids in the neighborhood must have put it in there over the weekend. And they obviously did. But as you know, Josh, when I do any of my speaking um, engagements, I try and get people's attention at the beginning. I do something right off the bat to get their attention. So I would use that picture of the canoe um, anytime I was training my custodians or off-training custodians from other communities. And the title underneath of it, underneath said, Don't Let This Happen to You. Um, so it, it was just a little get your picture, and um, I used that as, as I moved through in a lot of my trainings just to, to get people's attention at the beginning. Yeah, uh, and you do a great job of getting people's attention. As a matter of fact, uh, you and Kenny did a great presentation in, in Gillette Stadium for uh, 50 or 60 folks where the uh, the setup is um, that you are a, um, a disgruntled, if you will, dis- disgruntled attendee of the of the speaking session, and uh, and and it's all planned and choreographed between you and Ken. And you stand up and get frustrated, and then you walk out and you kind of come back in to to tie all the pieces together. And you did such a convincing uh, get your attention moment that security actually wouldn't let you back in to finish the presentation, <laughs> thinking that you were you were truly a disgruntled attendee uh, and that you were going to uh, cause physical harm. Uh, arguably, one of the best. Uh, presentations that I got to watch and, and have a laugh at because the guy that wouldn't let you back in was enormous. I mean, uh, just a just a uh, cement. It looked like he was one of the linemen for the Patriots. Um, so you do you definitely do have the catch, gotcha moments. And, and that was that was interesting because Kenny and I we we've done this presentation a few times where he plays the dressed up facilities manager and I come in as the disgruntled custodian. Um, he's talking about contracted cleaning, and I'm talking about keeping cleaning in-house um, with, um, you know, town-based custodians and things like that. We show both sides of, of the subject because it's a tough subject when communities have to cut corners and, and look at saving money and custodial staff and things like that. So I come in reading the newspaper with my hat on backwards, and I wear a T-shirt that says the Master of the Custodial Arts um, with a skull and cross mops. And someone forgot to tell the monitor in that room from the organization that I was part of the show. And when he came up to me, he took me by the arm, and he was a big dude. Uh, later on, finding out he was a former Marine, um, and he said, come on, sir, you have to go. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, that Kenny thought of everything. I said, this, this is great for the show. I, and Kenny saying, boy... That Paul thought of everything. He had this guy come in and take him out. And I'm saying, Kenny had this guy come in and take And I'm the two of us were going back and forth in our heads without saying anything to each other. And finally, he muscled me out of the room. And um, I got outside, and I had a good laugh. And I said to him, um, that was great. I said, Kenny, put you up to that. And he said, I don't know what you're talking about. And I said, no, really. I said, you know, you, you, can, let it, you can let it down now. We're out of the room. I said, Kenny told you to take me out. I said, no, i got to go back. He said, no, you can't go back in that room. He said, you're... you're, you're 
you know, you're just messing up his whole talk. I said, no, I'm part of the show. And in my newspaper that I bring in, in the show, are the PowerPoint um, slides stapled inside the newspaper so I can follow along to see where I'm supposed to come in and, and what my next part is. And I was showing him the newspaper, and he still was, he said, I'm about to call Gillette Stadium security if you don't leave the area right now. And at that point, I realized he was serious because um, he had that look, and he still had me by the arm. Um, so I took out my wallet. I went to the last slide where we introduce ourselves and show our our contact information, and I showed him my license and that last slide and said, I'm trying to tell you that I'm supposed to be in there. This is my part in in this talk. And he kind of looked up at me, got a little red in the face, and said, I am so sorry, sir. <laughs> and I, I went back into the room, and, and Kenny had a big smile, and everybody in the room laughed. And, and later on, we, we, we had a good laugh about it, and we, we sat with the gentleman, and, um, and, and it was all good in the end. But he took it serious. Um, I guess I played the part a little too well. Yeah, no, you played it. You played it really well. I, I enjoyed it, uh, and I had seen it a couple times, and it seemed uh, a little more serious than than in times past. You know, talking about these couple of stories, Paul, and and the history that you and I have, and, and we've got we've had countless um, times together that we have spent. Uh, you know, marathon Mondays. Where we were, uh, we were at my friend's bar there on uh, at the finish line, and and uh, the the boot, the the random boot that was on the dance floor, and uh, Captain Morgan, where I think we we came up with some nicknames for you, the pirate, and um, you know the times that we've had at, at at professional developments and and networking events, and and just personal time that we've had to spend together. You know, I think the common the common message here is that. You really, you've probably had a million bad days, uh, or tough days, or difficult days. You had a difficult. Everyone does. Yeah, you had you had a difficult career. Um, custodians, uh, they have a hard job. They have a very difficult, oftentimes thankless job. They're they're typically the fabric that keeps communities together in a lot of ways that people don't even recognize. But they are. They can, they can be a lot of work. There's a lot of oversight of, of things to do. You had a large... I mean, how big was your team in, in Newton? Uh, 90 custodians in 23 buildings. Yeah, so, I mean, and I mean that's just astronomical. A large, you had a, a, a showcased high school um, built there that was nationally recognized. Uh, what was that, a couple, two, couple hundred thousand square feet? Four hundred and ten thousand square feet. It cost two hundred million dollars to build the most expensive high school built in the state of Massachusetts. That's that's uh, it's pretty strong oversight that you have there, and, and probably a significant amount of stress. And I've never seen you sweat. Uh, you know what? What's what's your story? What's what's the? <laughs> <laughs> I guess um, like a lot of people, it, it goes back to my dad. Uh, he, he, he's someone that always said, he, he used that, those statements. Actually, they were, it was a commercial back then um, for a deodorant that they used to say, you know, don't let them see you sweat. Um, and, and he always said that to me. He said, you know, keep, keep a, a, stra- a strong, straight front, no matter how much is crumbling behind you. And, and my dad, um, he was from a large family. He was number 10 in a family of 11. Uh, my grandfather was a tough old coot. Uh, Sicilian came over on the boat, um, ruled with an iron fist. Um, but my dad, because he was at the youngest and surrounded by uh, a couple of uh, women, um, his sisters, they they softened him and, and, and cuddled him. And he, 
and they made him the soft side, but he also had the tough side that my grandfather, um, my grandfather, you know, pushed into all of his, all of his boys. They had to work and they had to work hard. And, and dad, um, passed that on to us and, and said, you know, work hard and, and it all, the rest will all fall into place. But he always said, be part of the solution too. It's okay to go in and sit across from a board of directors or sit across from people and, and voice your opinion. Um, I, I remember going into a youth hockey meeting because I was crazed that my eight-year-old son had a his team had to share a sheet of ice with another team and, and and you know bitching and moaning to that board about being unhappy, and then turning around hours later and saying, "Now what can I do to help? What can I do to um, make that better?" Um, and, and shortly after, I was on the board of directors for Watertown Youth Hockey. Two years later, I was the vice president. Um, I coached for years, but, but that came from my father. He said, you know what, 96% of the time um, when you're, you're bitching at someone across the table uh, on the phone, it's not personal. Um, they're, they're given the message that they were told to give to you. Um, most people are following a script. Their, their supervisor told them to say something there. Their board told them that this is the stance we're going to take, even if they don't agree with it. Um, you know, and and it's not personal. But he also told me that for that four percent, if it gets personal, uh, lead with your left because they'll never see your right coming. Um, so I, I got both sides. I got the tough side and I and I got the soft side from my dad, and, and and that's where most of it came from. But just keep you cool, keep calm, and don't take don't take it personal. That's that's great advice, and and I'm glad I've never seen the left. I uh, will explain. I've probably seen. A uh, combination of both uh, shortly here, but uh, you know that's 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 great advice, and and uh, and I think that you've executed uh, very well uh, with over the years. You've just been um, you've been instrumental in the state of Massachusetts, but you've also been instrumental in your family. Uh, you've been able to, you know, and and there's a lot of debate with people that say, you know, not to use the word work-life balance, um, but you've done a. a you know, different ways to say it or different things to say it or how you do it. But I think you've done something that very few people today do, which is you've been able to truly make sure that all the bases are covered all around. I think you've done a, from everything that I can see, you've done an incredible job uh, in raising your kids, spending family time, uh, being a grandfather uh, now, being uh, retired, recently retired, enjoying uh, some of the fruits of your labor, but when it came down to work, you were always there, not just for Newton, you were there for all the other schools, serving on boards and committees, speaking nationally. Uh, even now, um, as you're retired, you're, you're, you're going out, you went, you guys went out to, um, you've, where have you been this year? You've been to Ohio, you've been to... Uh, We've been up to Maine, um, we're booked to go out to Michigan soon, um, we, we've actually, Kenny and I uh, have been on a whirlwind tour, not as much as you, of course, yeah. <laughs> but um, we have um, we have done our speaking tour, um, South Carolina, North Carolina, out to San Diego, um, came down and spoke to the dudes um, at the intergalactic headquarters, um, yeah. which was a, a great trip. Um, so we've we've made our, we put some miles uh, under our sneakers to, to get around and, and preach the word of our, our facilities and 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 you know how we can help schools and students because in the end what we do is all for the students um the best i think the best day of the school year is graduation day to to watch in newton you know 600 kids graduate 
Um, and those kids probably gave you some pains along the way. They, they broke some windows. They, you know, messed up a cafeteria and they did that. But, you know, on graduation day, it's all smiles. And that's what makes it all worthwhile to, to see them graduate. And you and you know them all. Uh, you guys, it's amazing how you uh, how you, you almost make them your kids uh, through those those years. Um, and for a lot of cases, you watch them from from first grade through twelfth grade, uh, and 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 watch them grow. And then that that's that that big day uh, to to watch them head out. Um, and it's amazing because you know when you said you were going to retire, and I think I said that made the comment of like that won't last. I feel like you're busier now uh, being retired than you were uh, that when then you were working, um, and uh, I'm excited because I, I'm going to get you on the whirlwind tour. Uh, Kenny and I were talking; we're going to get you to come along with me for a week, uh, one of these times, and and uh, do a whirlwind tour. We got to figure out something that's going to be pretty active, maybe a coast to coast or something to make it make it fun. Um, well, I'm ready. I'm, I'm, I'm always ready to, uh, like, like you said, I'm not ready to sit on the beach and fish yeah. every day. Yeah. Um, I, I will do that some days, but um, I still am young enough and have enough energy. I, I thought Steve and I had an agreement here, but he's not owning up to his side. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm still young enough and have enough energy to continue helping different communities. I'm working in the community of Northbridge now, transitioning a new facilities manager there. I, I helped in Newton after I retired to bring on my replacement and um, get him up to speed and then working with the MFAA and, and, and Kenny and Brian and, and all the, the great folks that run that organization. Uh, we've done custodial trainings and out to Northampton and we went from Northampton to Maine to speak and and I really enjoy it because I'm, I'm still I still have a purpose and it's still helping the kids and the schools and the communities that um, that, that make it all worthwhile. And you share in that smile which is uh, which is ever important. Um, I'm going to transition uh, this to uh, to a personal story, and and share uh, with you guys um, the reason why I asked Paul to to be here for you was in the things that you just heard. The reason why I'm asking Paul to be here for me is to share this story uh, with the world, which has been shared with a number of folks over the last uh, 18 plus months. Um, you know, in the first podcast, I told you a little bit about my family and. I've definitely gotten a couple of messages uh, and funny comments about, man, it took you a while to go from having an 11-year-old to a to a now eight-month-old, um, which is which is true. We've got an 11-month-old or 11-year-old and an eight-month-old, um, but it wasn't from a from a lack of effort or a lack of want or uh, or wanting to have more kids. We just it just wasn't in the cards um, for us. Um, and we gave up. We gave up last January. Uh, Amy and I were in Mexico in January 17, and I may have said this in the first episode, but, you know, we were sitting on the beach, and, um, you know, we just kind of looked at each other and said, you know, uh, natural, having a, a child of our own naturally is, is doesn't look positive. Doctors gave us, a, a, you know, kind of two chances, a fat chance and no chance. And... Uh, Adoption was was really uh, difficult for us. We were having no luck and coming up with dead ends there, and uh, you know, causing stress and frustration in it all. To to uh, add to that, and um, so we gave up in January. And uh, on March 13th of, of 2017, Monday uh, morning, uh, I woke up. I was in Atlantic City. I did a full day of certification classes, stand on my feet, and uh, then delivered a keynote. And the uh, the executive director, uh, who's a friend, uh, 
uh, had a, a opening trade show session and said, hey, come on down. And uh, so we walked down there and, and walked in and, and uh, I just love the, I love everybody that I get to interact with. The New Jersey guys are, they're just phenomenal. They just, they get a, 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 an incredible huge group. They're always just shaking hands and hugging and happy to see you and very welcoming. So we're walking around, people shaking our hands and, and, and saying hello. And, and uh, Paul was with me. Uh, and some of the stuff's a little fuzzy. Um, but uh, I got a beer somehow. I remember sipping on a beer. And then I got a sandwich from this nice woman. Um, and I remember taking the first bite of the sandwich and going, man, this is the, the, the tastiest sandwich I think I've ever eaten. <clears throat> I hadn't eaten really anything of any substance um, since the night before. I went probably 18 hours without really having a, a, a meal. And uh, I took the second bite. We were talking. I, I, I don't remember exactly what I did or how I did it. And I don't necessarily need to go into details of it because it's something I try every day to forget. But um, I, I blacked out. I uh, I was choking on the food. I stopped breathing. Um, I, I from what I've been told, I I didn't really do the typical signs of grabbing my neck and doing all the things that people do when they're choking. Uh, I apparently took a sip of beer. I think right. Yep. Uh, tried to force it down with that, and that failed. And and at some point, with all these people around, uh, there was only one person. Um, and I was lights out at one point, uh, cause I don't, I don't recall anything. Um, but there was one person in that entire building that I had my, put my life's, <clears throat> my life's hands in and, uh, he's sitting across from me and, uh, without second guessing, thinking, doing anything, he proceeded to, uh, perform the Heimlich maneuver on me multiple times. Uh, cause one time just ain't going to cut it with me, uh, cracking ribs and doing everything that needed to be done. Uh, I can't go to Atlantic City without getting some ribs cracked. Um, so uh, this was actually the second time that that happened. But he brought me back to life. Uh, I don't think that there's a day that goes by that I don't believe that I would have died uh, that day, even though uh, there were a lot of people there, and I'm sure people would have tried. Um, I, I'm a big guy. I'm like 260 pounds. Uh, Paul is uh, quite a bit smaller. And, uh, uh, he put, he gave everything he got because he knew me because he it's just Paul and, uh, and he saved my life and, uh, you know, I'm forever grateful for it. Um, and that's the next piece of that is I was supposed to be down there until Thursday. Uh, I was supposed to be there for four more days. I was freaked out. I was, um, embarrassed. I was also just, uh, emotionally a mess and, uh, I opted to drive home. And that was a good decision. Well, yeah, I signed that. I, I signed all that signed paperwork. I signed the release ambulance. from the ambulance that said I, I accept death, which was a, which was an interesting certificate I have on my wall. But uh, I drove through the night because I wanted to tell Amy in person and share with her kind of what was going on and how it was going, uh, or how it had gone on. And um, so I drove home that night. Got home in the middle of the night. Told her. Talked to her. Went through everything. I uh, was kind of in a in a daze or a fog, if you will. And she said, what are you going to do? And I said, nothing. Uh, I'm going to take the next couple of days and just realize that I'm here and happy and try to figure stuff out. And uh, two days later, Chance was conceived. So I guess I wasn't doing nothing. I was doing nothing to a point. Um, but here we are today, you know, with a, a beautiful baby boy. I'm here. I avoided my first death date. And, uh, and, and, and you saved my life and, and did it. And 
in supreme fashion without missing a beat. Um, and I know that that was emotionally, had to be emotionally draining on you and probably something you still... Uh, I, I think about it all the time, and, and I was on the good side. Um, <laughs> I was breathing through it all. Yeah. Um, you weren't. Um, you, you were hard for me to get my arms around. Uh, I, I will I will tell you that. Um, but, you know, people always say, how did you do it? What, what did you think? And, and, and I didn't. I just reacted. I, back, I talked about youth hockey and coaching, and, and back when my son was eight years old, part of that coaching training is I had to take basic first aid and one of the things they taught you was the Heimlich maneuver and and I and my son's 37 years old now so I hadn't used I never used it in 29 years but um, I learned it back then and I you say that you didn't show the signs you know the choke sign that that's the international sign so that people know um that someone's choking but you didn't have to Josh when you when you turned around your eyes were as big as golf balls and you were screaming without any words. Um, so, you know, it, it's it, it just it had to be done. I was there. I'm I'm sure if I wasn't there, there was someone else that would have done it. I happened to be there. I was the closest person. Um, I, I, you know, I, I I grabbed you and I and I did it. And thinking back, um, I remember, uh, you know, the farther you get away from an emotional act like that, the more you remember about it. And I remember later, or maybe days later, that. Um, I was yelling at you to give it up, give it up, let let, let it out, let it out, and <laughs> let the demons and, out. And when you finally did, you launched this surfboard-sized piece of beef, yeah. and you said you bit into it. There was no bite marks on it. I think you were trying to swallow it whole. Um, it was, you know, a whole half a pound of beef in one piece, um, and, and the bread was still in the plate, so... So I, I knew that it, it went down whole, but um, it was it was emotional. It was it was a tough thing after the fact. When I did it, I didn't think about doing it. I just did it. Um, but after the fact, it was very emotional. But what if I failed? What if I couldn't do it? Um, there was a lot. There, there was a lot that went that went into that. And and you probably I don't know if you realize, but it the it took two days to get home. I did stay. I did, wasn't driving home that night. But when I got home and I opened my email after two days, there was a flutter of emails, most of them from dudes, from uh, people at School Dude, thanking me um, and things like that and telling tell me how much you meant to them. But the first email that came in um, was from a good friend of ours, Carsey Denning. And he said, thank you. Thank you for saving my friend. You're a true hero. And... I don't know. I, I I never liked the title hero for me. I, I didn't look at it that way. And I and and Carsey, I know you'll be listening to this, and and I hope I can remember the response email because I I didn't respond to all the email that I got. I just emotionally couldn't do it. But I said, um, hero. I said, heroes to me are the people that put on a uniform every day and go out and. They, they do their job with the uniform on. They're first responders. They're, they're, they're our military. They're overseas. They sacrifice for us. Um, and I didn't see myself that way. Um, you know, I, I, I know heroes. I know them personally. Um, my son's a firefighter uh, in Watertown. And as people know, Watertown is where the Marathon bombers ended up. He was working that night and was there at the firefight. Um, 
you know, someone like that's a hero. Uh, another friend I know that um, was the cop at that firefight that jumped out of his cruiser and let it go on its own so that they could fire at the cruiser and not at everyone else. Um, and then, and then people that just are out there on the front lines every day that that do it. Those people are heroes. I, I say if if you're going to give me a title, I'll accept the title of lucky. And I, I just consider myself so lucky um, to have family. I've got three great kids, four phenomenal grandchildren now, and a fantastic wife. Um, I couldn't ask for better. Um, so I told Cassie that. I told him all that with a little less emotion because I did it in an email. And, um, and I told him, so if you're going to give me a title, hang the title Lucky, not Hero, because I don't consider myself a hero. I'm lucky I was there to help. And uh, I guess I'm going to consider myself double lucky uh, because I was lucky that you were there and lucky that you just did what you did and um, I don't know that I knew that I'm sure that the Carsey email I had heard I didn't um, I probably didn't realize all the reaction that people got that uh, that had it I mean I was <laughs> I was kind of positioning my eight my 500 pound question or my eight 500 pound elephant in the room question to be like 18 months later, any regrets or would you do anything differently? <laughs> but with that, with that answer, um, you, you kind of got me on a, uh, on a, on a loss for words, uh, about it, you know? And I um, just got to meet Chance for the first time today. Yes. He's a beautiful, booming, bouncing baby boy. <laughs> booming is, is, uh, an understatement. He showed, uh, his crawling expertise, his standing expertise and his, uh, Lack of interest in eating um, after waking up from his nap. Um, Steve, that, that's actually Yogi. So oh, Yogi, you've got actually both the roosters eyeballing you. Um, Steve from a distance and Yogi within striking range. Um, you know, Paul, thanks for taking the time to uh, to come out and sit with me under the tree. Let me share a couple of stories. Uh, you are an incredible human being. I look forward to. Uh, hearing, seeing, and, and learning from you here more. Uh, keep sharing the good word with the with the great people that take care of our kids in the schools, uh, day in and day out. And uh, I really, uh, you know, I I love you and I appreciate everything. Uh, most importantly, our friendship. Um, I do I do hold the the life saving a little bit on a higher pedestal. <laughs> Uh, and by the way, uh, for any of you that are saying, "Well, he broke ribs," um, if you do it right, you're if you do it right, you're supposed to uh, have broken ribs. Um, if you get hit with friendly fire in a casino floor uh, at four o'clock in the morning uh, by a friend, and you get broken ribs, that's doing it wrong. Which that was done the time before I was down there, uh, not by Paul, but by somebody else. Um, so no hard feelings with the broken ribs, but. Uh, Keep doing what you're doing. Uh, I'm a better person knowing you the last 15 years. I look forward to many more with you. And uh, I'm grateful that you that you got to come out with me today. And I pray that Yogi doesn't get you because he's... He's moving in. <laughs> he's coming in. Uh, 
I'll, I'll take him out. Tell him, lead with the left because you're going to never see the right coming, Yogi. You won't see it coming. Yeah. So we didn't talk about Yogi in these episodes, but apparently Yogi is a rooster that is also becoming a jerk. Maybe you heard that Steve's popularity is picking up, but he is right up in the thick of things. Um, but thanks, Paul. Thanks for thanks for coming. Well, thanks for having me, Josh. I appreciate it. And, and, and to you and all the, the great things you're doing here with Be Awesome and and, and the things you do every day. I mean, there's a lot of a people, a lot of people that really appreciate it. Oh, that means a lot. Uh, thank you. And um, that's going to do it for us here today from the peach tree with our uh, rooster audience. Uh, really appreciate everybody's uh, comments, posts, shares, likes. If you like the podcast, wherever you're listening to it, would love to get your reviews, your stars. One, one star, five star, any stars. Um, that's how the word gets out. Uh, this is an organic growth effort. Um, the shirts are going to be getting pressed out in the next couple days to a week. I really appreciate everybody's patience. You can find me, uh, email josh at beawesome.com, B-E-A-U-S-M, uh, or you can go to my website, subscribe on the newsletter. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn. Uh, that's where I do most of my work on LinkedIn. If you want me to uh, speak for you, uh, I do nights, weekends, holidays. This is a second uh, second effort for me. So um, if you're if you're accommodating with your time, I can be accommodating with mine. And uh, just keep doing what you do, and always remember to do awesome. You got to be awesome. <laughs> Have a great day. Signing off.